So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to Love After Lockup. Ha ha, okay. I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be talking about the season finale of Love After Lockup Season 3. This week, Sean does nothing to stop a fight between Kelly and Destiny. Jessica and Maurice have their wedding. Heather and Dylan give us an update on their lives apart. Christiana tearfully says her goodbyes. Quaylen surprises Chevelle in Kansas City. And Lindsay reveals the true nature of her relationship with Terabelle. If you like what you hear, please support us by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating or any other constructive comments are welcome. And if you watch 90 Day Fiancé, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks, stay safe, and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going? Uh, things are going okay. It's the week before Thanksgiving. There's another vaccine on the horizon. Uh, Thanksgiving is a is a bust. I mean, it, it, that 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 to me is done. I know I saw a survey something like that. It said like something like forty percent of people plan on seeing ten or more people for Thanksgiving. Oh, I a hundred percent believe it because I mean, even my sister. She lives right next door to her in-laws and her in-laws are super crazy about, you know, they've been very, very cautious this whole time. And then um, they're doing a Friendsgiving and I'm like, what? what? Yes. Yes. What? I was really, really shocked. Yeah. Um, but uh, for me, I'm just like, I don't even care if people are, I want turkey. I will make a 20 pound turkey for myself. I don't <laughs> even care. And I will eat it for the next six months. <laughs> I am okay with that. That sounds about right. Stay safe, everybody. It's it's getting really bad. And out eat there. lots of turkey. And yeah. And remember, the less people you have at your home, the more the more turkey you get for you, right? <laughs> so this this week was this was the finale. It's the finale of the show. It right? was a finale. So sure, we had yeah. we heard from everybody except well, kind of. We didn't really hear from Tyrese and Shonda. They just gave us like a throwaway line at the end that said Shonda has a boyfriend and what Tyrese is still dating convicts. That's the only yeah. got from it. He said like plural. So I was like, does he mean Tracy, the convict we met before? Or is he talking about it's a, I think different? if it was Tracy, the one we met before, who he did not meet the same way. She was someone who had been in prison, but he did not meet her like in prison, like Shonda. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, a, it's a, it, it would have said Tracy, right? I thought so, too. Who knows? I don't know why he is intentionally trying to pick up convicts. It's like, okay, well, you know, how many times does it need to not work out before you realize, maybe I should try something new. Yeah, let's try a new method. Let's try a, a, a new method. Let's let's bark up another tree. Exactly. Yeah. But he probably is like, oh, well, I didn't meet them the same way. One was like the prison pen pal site. The other one was the, quote, art show. Oh, right. The art so. show where he was looking at art and enjoying art. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, but... I, and if you meet somebody at the art show, you don't necessarily know that they're a con- unless it was like a convict, unless it was right. like a, an art show for like ex cons that were putting on like yes, you know yes, <laughs> she was one of the artists that could be a thing, right? Or like our original hypothesis was that by art he means dancing, and by dancing we mean strippers, and so then it's kind of like not guaranteed that strippers are convicts, of but not. I feel like it's more likely. Mm-hmm. Than an art show. Depends on which strip club you're at, I guess. <laughs> it's, I oh, don't... very true. Very true. Yeah. 
Usually those kinds of things like crime and money laundering. Yeah, they, I mean, I'm at them, not to say that there aren't totally above board fine strip clubs that are good, but it, it does seem to have that that reputation for being, uh, you know, maybe not not all the way above board type of business. Yeah. All right. So let's just get into one of our couples. All right. I'll start with Heather and Dylan. So Dylan has been out of jail for two months now and is living in Chicago, finishing up his parole. He says he works for a renewable energy company doing marketing and is making more doing his honest job than he was ever made as a drug dealer. (laughs) And he would see him making dinner for two and they try to fake us out about who the second person is before his mom comes into the apartment. Dylan confirms to his mom and to us that he and Heather are broken up after two days outside and yeah. are no so that was it. We just saw that we saw their entire relationship. They are no longer talking to each other. He says he has no hard feelings for her and still values the time that they were together and you know she helped him through some hard times when he was in jail. On the other side of this relationship, Heather has been building some kind of sexy content creating business, which we see involves doing a photo shoot of some kind. She still feels that Dylan did not live up to the expectations he set when he was locked up. And also feels that Dylan took advantage of her with all the time he wasted while they were together. She says there is no chance they are, will ever get together. So, um, I think I know where you'd sit on this. Um, oh, do you buy her Dylan took advantage of me, he was a different person type of vibe? Or are you really more Team Dylan? Oh, I'm 100% <laughs> Team Dylan. And you know I am Team Dylan. Um, I was confused by a lot of things that she said. Um, Like she said that she was emotionally triggered and that she felt used. And I was kind of like, how exactly? And I feel like she just didn't even give it enough time to really even say those things. It was two days. Now, the emotionally triggered thing, sure, that could have absolutely happened because we don't know what kind of trauma Heather's had in her past. Sure. But it's kind of like, well, how? I, I kind of need a little bit more information if you're going to like kind of blame him um, for emotionally triggering you. And once again, that's one of those things where it's like we don't know what's happened in Heather's past. Um, you know, being emotionally triggered isn't even something that Dylan is probably aware of. So but at the same time, we didn't hear any kind of communication going on. And so I don't know if you can really blame Dylan for being triggered by something that he probably didn't intend to mean that way. Right. I mean, by all accounts, like he was he treated her very well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, and because the two things she she didn't even say, we, we saw what really blew her up was when he made a snarky comment about her taking a long time to get ready. Right. Okay. Yeah, sure. Which I don't, again, we don't know what's going on in her past, but that seems like a pretty, that seems like a, it's not something you give a trigger warning for, you know, like, right. <laughs> in terms yeah. of, oh, they might make a joke about you taking forever to get ready. That's going to set me off. That wouldn't be something I expect. But again, we don't know mm-hmm. what her past is, but we also don't know what Dylan knew about her past. Right. Yeah. So we don't yeah. we don't 100 percent know if she's like, listen, I know it's weird, but if anybody, you know, lays into me about my routine, about my primping routine, it just sets me off. Like, I don't know if he knew that or not. Mm. Like, right. So right. we don't we can't say for certain what's going on there. But I just know the show definitely made her seem 
like the unreasonable one that after two days, yes. after two days, she was like, I don't feel like he was in it as much. It was like he, his head was spinning in those two days, like regardless yeah. of what happened with her. I felt like he was bending over backwards to make her happy. Yeah. Like she, you know, said, come here, we're going to a hotel. We're going to do this, get in the car. And like she said, jump and he did it, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't really, I, I, I'm still confused why she felt used. I feel like they would have made a big deal if she was giving him money because I feel like they always try to kind of plant seeds of doubt of people's real intentions. Sure. So I feel like if she did give him money, like they would have said something about that and they didn't. So it's kind of like, to me, I don't know why you feel used for your body. I mean, you know? I, I, yeah, like, I almost feel but like she's the one jumping on him, you know? Yeah, but it's, see, it, I can totally see if you took, if you just took the long view, right? If you just took the, mm-hmm. the the distant view and said, listen, I, this guy went into prison as soon after we met. I committed to him. I stayed with him. I did whatever I could. You know, I could have dated other guys. I could have done a lot of other stuff, but I stuck with him the whole time and he got out of prison and broke up with me in two days. Like I could, I could see where if you took it like that, you could be like, oh, I see where you would feel that he took advantage of you. But it was like, but that's also completely removing what you did in those two days. Because any, any relationship can be destroyed with bad enough behavior over two days. Absolutely. Right. And I think it's also victimizing yourself because at the end of the day, a relationship is a two way street and she chose to be in a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. She chose to visit him every single weekend. Even when he didn't want that, yeah. Right, and so to me it's kind of like, yes, I get it. You feel like you were deserved more or you earned more because of the time and effort you put in, but it was still your choice at the end of the day. No one was holding a gun to your head to go visit him. Mm-hmm. You know, It didn't sound like he was threatening to break up with you if you didn't visit him every weekend. Right. So it was kind of like- It sounded more like she was willing to break up with him if she didn't let him let her visit every weekend. Yeah, <laughs> if, he wa- if she wasn't allowed to. Yeah. Okay, so interesting. Interesting little thing about them, well, him specifically, is that I guess he went on to Reddit this last weekend and didn't ask me anything. And uh, there was a couple interesting kind of tidbits that came out of it. One that they did not feature at all. Apparently, Heather has kids. Oh. And she had brought the kids to visit Dylan sometimes. Not every single time, Mm -hmm. it didn't sound like. But, you know, and it just seems like... Wait, what? What kids? You know, I feel like an, oh, anytime you throw kids into the mix, it changes the dimensions of the relationship. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it just, yeah, you're just kind of like, ah, uh, like, why'd you drag these kids into it? And yeah. 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 I mean, but that's, I don't know, it, it kind of shows how committed she was. It is really. So, like, where were the kids when they were at Auntie Anne's? I'm very confused about so many of these. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It brings up so many questions. Like, where are these kids? Mm-hmm. You know, like, are they safe? You know, because <laughs> mom clearly has, like, can go from zero to 100 pretty quickly. Right. And that's always a concern when you put elements of stress into your life. Yeah, so, that's a huge stressor on kids yeah. is not knowing what's yeah. going to be the thing that, like, just sends somebody over the edge. Totally. Yeah. Not not stable. Right. Yeah. But um the other takeaway I got from like the ask me anything is that Dylan seems like a very articulate like he's getting his crap together. 
I feel like one of the few success stories uh, on this. Sure, totally. And the other thing too is I did I did read it myself, and the thing that came across mm-hmm. to me is his absolute refusal to shit on Heather. Yes, absolutely. He classy all the way. Yeah, he did not say mm-hmm. a bad word about her at all. No, not at all. He said, you know, she was there. And I mean, he even said it on the show. Like, she was there at a time I needed someone the most. Mm -hmm. And so he shows that appreciation, at least verbally, Mm -hmm. you know, and said, you know, like, and I feel like a couple other people have that kind of attitude, too. You know, it's like they need they were there when I needed someone the most. And I will always appreciate them for that, Mm -hmm. you know. But at the same time, like, if we're not compatible, we're not compatible. Right. Right. It's just, I can't live under that, that stress that was like what it was like when we were out there. Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to our only wedding this episode or this That's season. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maurice and Jessica. So Jessica's getting ready for the wedding. She says that this is the happiest moment of her life. And she's excited because she thinks that her sister might be coming to the wedding because she uh, told the sister had told her mom that she might show up. They're hoping that the fact that she's pregnant will further entice or guilt her sister into reconnecting. Meanwhile, Maurice is back at the house, hanging with his family who is in town for the wedding. Jessica's dad, Dave, stops by the house, and Maurice proudly introduces Dave to everyone in his family. Dave wants to have a talk with Maurice in private. Dave asks Maurice if he's ready and then tells him that Jessica's his problem now. Well, he meant financially. Meanwhile, back at the wedding venue, Jennifer, Jessica's sister, comes back to the room to say hi and let her know that she's there to support her. Meanwhile, Maurice and family are on the way to the wedding venue, and they have broken down because they have run out of gas. Cousin Roni runs to go get some more gas as Maurice calls Jessica to let her know, and all she can do is call them dumbasses. They get the gas and make it to the venue. Everyone looks all dressed up and ready to go. They decided on an actual outdoor venue, so not the cursed cult chapel that we saw in previous episodes. Jessica is grateful that her family has accepted her relationship with Maurice. Dad Dave cries as the ceremony wraps up. Maurice tells us that nothing is going to come between him and his wife. We get glimpses of their reception, including them shoving a little bit of cake in each other's faces. Mm-hmm. And you know how I feel They're about favorite. that. Yeah, and well, as I say, instant annulment, but it could be too late for that, right? (laughs) Yeah, they've actually been married for a while, so. Yeah, and they have a child on their way. So, and then uh, we also get a glimpse of the Maurice tattoo uh, Jessica has on her breast. You can kind of see it through kind of the mesh of her wedding dress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was pretty much it. Uh, then they showed as like kind of the recap of, you know, update of what's going on with them. They had their baby. Things are good with them. And we kind of knew that from the beginning because Starkasm had uh, dug up all those things at the very beginning of the season that we kind of yeah talked about. Right. So we knew that they had a baby and they definitely seem like the Brittany and Marcelino <laughs> of this season right. in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'd say the one difference between them and Brittany Marcelino, and it's good for them, is yes. they have a lot more support. Yes, a lot more family support yeah. and, like, stable family support, right. I would say. Totally. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so when they ran out of gas, they're just waiting for Cousin Roni to get the gas and come back. Why didn't they just Uber to the venue? 
I guess it depends on how far away the gas station was and how quick the Uber would get there. I mean, it's Vegas, yeah. so there's got to be Ubers like every two set, two every know, every third right? car has to be an Uber, right? That's just yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just seems like oh, that's kind of dramatic, but that is true. Yeah. That is true because he's yeah. like, I'm late. I don't know how late they actually were either, but I'm always right, for, I'm always right. for watching people try to run across the street with the gas tank. That's always that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Go. I'm gonna run, run faster. Go. I like that. Their wedding was really, really nice. I actually really liked the out the real outdoor venue a lot better than that chapel. Yeah, way better than the chapel. Yeah. I agree. Definitely. And everyone was dressed really nicely. Mm-hmm. I liked their wedding colors. The reception seemed to be in a nice little area too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The cake smashing wasn't too bad. Like I feel like if it's going to happen. Like, that at least isn't as insulting. It was more like a dab on your nose kind of situation. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Rather than the full-on smash of yes, the right. smash the cake in your face. Uh-huh. Like, I just want to smash my fist in your <laughs> face or something. Oh, especially because you had it's, oh, it, it okay. It seems like it works one way because like you would have had spent so much time on your makeup. And you just like, and you just smeared cake all over my face. What are you doing? Oh yeah, no, that's that's not happening. It's so disrespectful. So wait, did I, I don't know if I ever told you the whole thing. Also, why I don't really like cakes in the face. Okay. Oh, because um, when I was living in Cozumel, it was like their birthday tradition there that if it was your birthday, you basically got an adult smash cake, and it was just expected that you were going to get cake in your face, like. They were going to smash your face into this cake, like full on, like push your head into this cake. So like no one actually gets to eat the birthday cake. And when I was there, I was like, no, that's not happening. And I tried my best to get away that they just picked up the cake and dumped it over my head. You see, this is why I don't tell anybody when my birthday is. Like, (laughs) you know, and like three other people know, and I would keep it a secret from everybody else for these reasons. Um, Yeah. It was, yeah, it was miserable. But yeah, I'm not about cake being smashed in my face. Oh, right. Now that we've de- de- dove into some of your stuff. Um, <laughs> it was a real, it, it was nice. It was a very nice wedding. Yeah. And it was yes. like, it's, it's, it's one of those things that's really hard to talk about because everybody was just super great and it was a nice wedding and it was like yeah. very fit, it fit them very well. It fit like, it was just super appropriate. And her sister came back and was just like all good things. It was a very, right. very nice segment. It, it was a good wrap up to their story. Yeah, definitely. yeah. So somebody who's not so nice, and we have a few of those. Um, but I'm going to start yeah. with uh, Scott and Lindsay. Oh goodness! All right. So Lindsay and her friend Tara Bell are in the attic talking and starting to make out just like a little bit. God. Lindsay tells us that um, she met Tara Bell before she went to prison, and they've been in a relationship ever since. So something about six years or so. Tara Bell. Asks, Tara Bell asks when Lindsay is going to tell Scott about what is up. Now, the timeline's a little muddled, but Lindsay said her relationship with Tara Bell is longer than her relationship with Scott. So she doesn't feel like it's cheating on Scott when she is with Tara so Bell. Confused. Um, I was so, so confused. confused about this whole thing. We will talk about it. She yeah. says that in all their other relationship, implying both her relationship with other men and Tara Bell's relationship with other men, or at least I think it was other men for Tara Bell. I don't know. Um, that they've both been upfront about, I guess you'd have to call it a polyamorous situation. Mm-hmm. Um, where they, but this is the situation. They sleep with each other and they'll both sleep with their as significant others. But then there's nothing freaky weird like her significant other getting to sleep with 
Tara Bell or vice versa. That's where she draws a line at Freaky Weird, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Lindsay doesn't think Scott will understand or accept their relationship. And Tara Bell is concerned that she'll have that eventually Lindsay will have to choose between them. At the end of the day, Lindsay is not optimistic about Scott's reaction, so she decides just to keep her mouth shut. But now that that's all done, Lindsay is finally through her two-week quarantine, so now Miley Grace can come to live with them. Scott is happy that Miley Grace will be around and is excited to kind of be a dad again, um, especially the kind of dad that gets you Xbox and Minecraft. Miley Grace is very excited about her temporary purple room. And then Brenda and Lindsay talk about how ah, this situation, this living situation is kind of a trial run because for four years, Miley Grace has been living with Brenda. Um, she might not be totally comfortable living with Lindsay and Scott. And hopefully Lindsay has matured into some parenting skills. Back in the house, Lindsay says that living with this family in a house right now is like a dream come true compared to prison. Scott says he's happy with where the relationship is and hopes it will end with a marriage. Then they talk about what they want. Miley Grace wants to go on a trip. And Scott says in order for that to happen, we're going to need Lindsay. To, Lindsay's going to need to get a car, you know, one that holds more than more than two people. And then Miley Grace says, well, if you're going to get a car for my mom, it's going to have to be expensive. And also <laughs> they make a joke about her high speed chase by saying it's not too fast. All right. So let's start and move backwards. What? What kind of car does she want? Like, what would you think? What oh, car would he get her that would make her happy? Lindsay wants a fast car. <laughs> I mean, if you're on a high speed chase, that's just, you know, part of it. But I think, like, for her, she's all about, you know, status, having nice things. She's going to try to get the nicest, most expensive car that she can out of him. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I was like, it seems to me, because if she can, I think she would want a fast car and the high speed chase thing because. Those are more expensive, but I think if he got, yes. her, I think if he got her like an Escalade, she'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Miley Grace isn't exactly a baby, right? So it's not like she has to have a car big enough for car seats or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, but I think no, we're it, past it, that it, stage. it's all about the only thing that matters for the car is the um is the the price tag. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm so confused by their relationship. Mm -hmm. Like, how is Scott not going to know something is weird? And I don't understand how they're both kind of okay with having their partner have a, uh, like, another partner. Yeah, know? okay, so it's one of those things, it's weird. And I, I'm not, I'm not against it, like, at all. People, whatever works for people works for people, right? If there, there's people who have polyamorous situations, fine. I sure. don't care, right? But to me, it's like if everybody's not open about it, that's when it becomes yes. a problem. Yes, yes. Right? That's the part that I guess I'm confused about. I understand that there are definitely arrangements like this, mm -hmm. you know, and that's fine. I'm not saying. What I don't understand is how you part of the group can be yes in the know and there's other parties in the group that are yeah, not that's in the know. not that, that that crosses the line into not okay totally but yeah. i think part of the yeah. reason that she does that and part of the reason it goes not okay is i'm not clear how she would feel about scott seeing other people and sleeping with other people like she's like no no, no i have this one-off and you don't get a one-off i get to sleep with her and you you only get to sleep with me that's the end. Like, that's not a... Well, maybe she would be okay with it if Scott was, you know, his other partner was a man. Yeah, which is bullshit. Like, I, like, I, <laughs> like I hate that. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, 
To me, that's total bullshit. It shouldn't matter what gender your other partner is, right? Uh-huh. Because like she's attracted to Tara Bell. And it's like, well, you're allowed to sleep with someone you're not attracted with, but I'm allowed to sleep with somebody I am, I am attracted to. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so that is, I'm, and I bet that's the, I bet that's what she has in her head. Well, it's like, well, if Scott wanted to sleep with a man, I wouldn't care, but I'm the only woman for him. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I would wager that's in her head what she's, what she's thinking. And it's like, but you're discounting the fact that Scott, and maybe we don't know about Scott. Maybe he's not, I don't know, but you're discounting the fact that Scott's not attracted to men. Like, so of course he's not going to sleep with another man. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see their storyline kind of play out, but I I just don't even see how you're not going to raise some suspicions unless you just plan on, you know, just uh, having kind of like an afternoon delight with Terabelle, like... It's not like you're going to be able to spend the night like on a consistent basis. Yeah, but oh, well, I mean, for Scott now, being like, What's for going now, on? yes, when she's on the house arrest, totally. But I, when she's not on the house arrest, I could totally see her being like, "We're going to have a girls' weekend this weekend. We're going. I'm going with Tara Bell to wherever," and it wouldn't seem that weird. Yeah, but I also feel like she probably wouldn't want to do that too often because she has her kid too. Right. Well, and that's the other thing too is how much is this person who you're secretly sleeping with going to be around while your kid is there like that. Yeah. That seems troublesome. <laughs> yes. It seems like it would be very confusing for Miley Grace as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. Speaking of confusing, uh, let's talk Chevelle and Quaylin. So Quaylin video calls Chevelle to try and clear things up after the fight they had the night before over the social media post. Quaylin admits that he was wrong for lying, but says that the reason why he did it was because Chevelle has been all up in his business and he's been feeling suffocated. Chevelle brings up the fact that Maila calls him daddy and they talked about a serious commitment when he was in prison. She says she's ready for marriage and Quaylin says, well, now he's not ready and the marriage will only come when they're both ready. Chevelle feels like he's been distant since he's been to Texas. Quaylin says he's not ready to propose to her, but he's also not ready to lose her. He wants to video chat with Maila, and Chevelle says that she wants to keep their distance until they have figured out what's going on with the two of them. Chevelle feels there's a shift in their relationship, and he keeps telling her that she's pressuring him. Chevelle's uh, mom's voice is her concern about his lack of relationship experience and thinks that Chevelle deserves more than how he's been treating her. Chevelle tells her mom about the social media incident, and her mom gets all mad about the time and money Chevelle has invested in him. She tells her not to wait on him, and she thinks Chevelle should just let it go. Chevelle claims that the only reason she's staying with him is because Myla is also involved. Quaylin has made it back to Kansas City. He wants to prove Chevelle wrong, and he can't wait to see the look on her face when he surprises her. He says he's not going to settle because it's not just about her, but about him, too. Quaylin tells us why he fell for Chevelle. She was there for him when he really needed it, and she has supported him and encouraged him to be creative. He walks up to her window and knocks and peeks in like a creeper. Chevelle lights up when she sees him. They have a happy reunion, and Myla also runs into his arms. Myla calls him her dad, and Quaylin says he feels like he's done the right thing. The family leaves them alone to talk, and Quaylin says Chevelle deserves her ring and that he wants to marry her, but they're not ready. He wants to be 100% right in the headspace. 
He thinks that he's not expecting it to be perfect, but he does want an easy slide into marriage. He's asking for some time and that he is committed. Chevelle says she's excited he's there and she's willing to compromise, but she's disappointed that she didn't get her ring. But also she's going to be patient, at least for now. All right, so Chevelle says she's compromised, but how has she compromised? It sounds like Quaylen just got his way. Um, interesting. That's kind of true. Like, what did she? I guess when she was like, I because I think what she had thought was Quaylen's way was moving to Texas and leaving them, All right? And her way was okay. well, her way was no, we're going to get married right away. And so it's something in between mm-hmm. there. Like they're not getting married, okay. but he's not in Texas, so. Like, it depends on what you mean by your way. But yes, it does seem like a pretty sweet situation uh, for Quaylen where he gets to be. Yeah, he gets he gets to be there, gets to not have to commit to anything, gets to just hang out like that. That is that's a situation for him. Yeah. Right. And I mean, I'm not saying anything against him because I don't think it is completely unreasonable. I mean, the guy just got out of prison and I get it that they've been together for years. I don't remember exactly Mm -hmm. how many years. And so for Chevelle, it feels like their relationship should be progressing further or faster because they've technically been together for as long as they have. So I don't think what he is asking is unreasonable. And even if you think about like, let's forget about convicts, you Mm -hmm. know, I think like you see this in just, you know, every relationship, I shouldn't say every relationship, but you see this in a lot of relationships where you have someone who's just like, I don't want to lose you. I'm not ready to get married, but this is definitely in our future. So let's just, you know, wait a little bit oh, yeah. until we're both ready. Oh, yeah. Right. So, I mean, but, like I said, this isn't unreasonable. No, it's it's not. I mean, it, the only unreasonable part is that she was like gung ho about it and all in at the beginning. And it was kind of like and he thought he was, too. Now, I think yes. that's more like a mistake of prison Quaylen, not like considering like, oh, you might want to see how things shake out when you get out before you like make this commitment. Right. 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 Being um, maybe unnecessarily rosy about things. But yeah, I don't think I I agree. It's not. It's it's definitely it definitely makes a lot of sense. Right. To to not commit to anything because you don't want to jump into something and have it be a resentful like thing that goes on for years if it's not what it is. If it's not going to work. But mm-hmm. yeah, and, and we're definitely not to because it's so new, because it's so fresh. It's only been out for a, a couple months. It's not like we're in, um, you know, shit or get off the pot territory yet. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that I don't think it's um, unreasonable. And at the same time, I also kind of feel like it is also a little unfair because it's not fair that. Quaylen kind of said the things that Chevelle wanted to hear because he wanted, you know, kind of that companionship while he was in prison, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I kind of feel like he wasn't really thinking about the fact that he is going to have to follow through on his actions because, you know, that was emotionally what he needed then. Sure. Right? He needed someone to be there. And it's like, well, how is he going to keep that person around? What does he have to offer someone when there is the distance of being in prison? Mm-hmm. Nothing but his work. Yeah. Right? Sure. And so, you know, and that's the part where I kind of feel like 
well, he's not unreasonable for wanting to wait, but it's unfair for him to wait, given that he said something completely different when the circumstances were right. Different. And I, I, but the thing is, is like everybody told Chevelle, not I told you this was going to happen, but they all told her it was going to happen, right? They're like, yeah. you're expecting too much out of this guy right away when he's when he's getting out. You want him to have this gigantic life change of coming out of prison, right? Huge life change. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you want to get, you want to make him a husband and a father. Like that's, mm-hmm. you are asking a lot out of that guy. Um, and yeah. yeah, he promised it, but, and that's the thing is like, is like it, people said it to her. He had no idea what he was promising and you kind of have to know, oh, you have no idea what you're promising guy. Right, right. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I think her family was warning her because it's just not reality, right? Right. And so that kind of goes back to the, I don't think it's unreasonable because that's reality, Mm -hmm. right? But at the same time, like, he shouldn't be, you know, Mm -hmm. doing, saying stuff like that if he doesn't have every intention of following through. And that's it. This is a, this is a, this is a crew we're going to get to see more of next week, right? Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that, but there's enough of them where... Yeah, there is a lot. There's a lot. Um, yeah, this wasn't that wasn't one of the more explosive couples that we had. Right. right. Their story isn't so compelling. I think for me, it's not so compelling because I kind of feel like this is a, this is just like an everyday relationship. Yeah. 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 Some, some, some woman that really wants to get married and the guy who's not quite and ready yet. And some guy that really yet. doesn't. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, okay. And who has said in the past, like, oh, I do want to get married yeah. just because he doesn't want to lose her. Yeah, you're right. You know? that's, so. that's just, that's just, everybody has seen that. Tale as old as yeah, time. Everybody's seen that one. <laughs> All right. So now to John and Christiana. Uh, so it looks to be early morning and Christiana is getting ready to go back to prison. As she's saying her goodbyes, she reflects on why this is the right thing to do and how she just wants to get this time over with. John is relieved that Christiana made the decision on her own because that's really the only way it was ever going to work. She says her goodbyes to her mom um, and worries that she might that her mom might not be around him anymore when she's out again. There's lots of crying and hugging and worrying by the whole from her and her whole family, and it's honestly kind of hard to watch. But then John, Christy, and Tara get into the truck. John is being really quiet on the ride. Um, He's very sad because he feels like he kind of blames himself. He feels like he didn't do enough to stop the situation from happening. Pretty soon, Tara breaks down too. And in an interview, John tells us how much pressure he's feeling to be the one who's all strong and together enough to help everybody else through and that he hides it well and nobody can tell. But then they get to Dubuque. And they walk her to jail. John tells us um, how he's never been in love like this before. And it's all going to be hard for him. Um, He says that what she's going through, having experienced it himself, is something that no one should have to go through. Right? He kind of gave us an an abolish prisons um, pep talk there. At the end scene, and then that's kind of it. They end. At the end, they tell us that um, Christiana was serving an 11-month sentence um, after her. She left the halfway house. So that's kind of where we leave them. Yeah. And so if that's the case, I think what Starkasm was saying is that her um, she turned herself in October of last year. Oh, so she might even be out by now. That's interesting. Yeah. I'd be interested about that. And that makes sense because we saw, you know, it's tricky about like these shows when um, COVID hits and when COVID doesn't hit. Right. So like this one was pretty clearly, you know, done filming before COVID. 
Whereas mm-hmm. like Scott and Lindsay had to do, she had to stay in quarantine. So it's it's interesting right, that, right. that way. Yeah. I don't know. This really made me think, I don't know. Every I was watching this and the way this was very heavily, you know, being like jail is terrible. Nobody deserves it. Like even no matter mm-hmm. what you did, like kind of stuff, you know, really just talking about how hopeless it is and stuff like that. I don't know. I feel like it was, it reminded me that, I don't know if you heard in the election, like Oregon decriminalized all drugs. Mm-hmm. I mean, decriminalized doesn't mean it's legal, but it means like, and this is the thing. It means like somebody like Christiana, they're not going to deal with her addiction problems by just keeping putting her back in jail. Right. Right. Because right. And that's what I kind of got from this. I was like, I, I saw this as, you know, when you when you see sometimes you see people making actively bad decisions. But I don't know if it's the way they framed it for this one. It definitely saw that like, oh, Christiana has a disease. Right. It's a mm-hmm. disease that that has her. Yeah. And that's what that's what the problem is. And they're treating this disease by throwing her in prison. And it was like, I, I, so I felt like this one had more to say almost politically than a lot of the other, um, the, a lot of the other, you know, couples do. I don't know, because I feel like if you look at most of the women specifically that are on this show, I would say I can't think of any of them off the top of my head where it's not like motivated or instigated by drug use Uh right and uh i kind of feel like yes maybe prison is not the right uh answer the solution for you know the situations where crime is happening as a direct result of drug use Mm -hmm. right um and especially in christiana's case where I feel like she didn't actually do anything other than being in possession of drugs. In I, the first I, so I place. think I think at the beginning it was, but I think her last one it, it said that there was like burglary involved afterwards. Okay. But it's definitely okay. one of those things sure. where you know if the first couple of times you go to prison for drug use, then if you're using yeah. again, you're like, well, might as well burglary people too because they're gonna throw me in jail anyway. Like it doesn't right. matter. Um, but yeah, so I think there was beyond that. But I just the, the stark difference between even like, and they're both people who seem to be wanting to better themselves, I guess. But between mm-hmm. like Christiana and like Destiny, right? In mm-hmm. terms of both both addicts, both very different attitudes about their addiction and what 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 they're doing moving forward, and their age almost like their agency over it, you know. Right. It would be interesting to see the statistics on how many crimes involve drugs, right? Sure. Like uh, drug use while, you know, the crime is being committed because, you know, maybe there needs to be more social programs in the prison where, you know, they address addiction issues, you know, and have that be part of, you know, the prison program. Yeah, I have no idea what they do in prison in terms of in terms of that, and I'm sh- I, I, I would guess, you know, having not knowing much about it, I guess there's a pretty wide variance as you move across the country as to what kind of things sure. like that exist where. Yeah, I mean, but if it's if it's anything like what we see on movies and TV, it doesn't <laughs> which, sound which like isn't necessary because I've also seen movies right, and TVs right. in, about like high schools and stuff, and that's not very accurate. So, <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. But to me, from what I have gathered from movies and TV, prison is like you get some yard time, you know, some outside time, and you know. That's pretty and some alone time and right. I mean, it was like I said, there wasn't another another kind of thing where they were wrapping it up, right? But it was just 
it wasn't it wasn't Jessica Maurice. It was just wrapping it up, and everybody was sad and worried. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that one's a tough one because what can they really sure. keep on filming? Absolutely. At no, that you're point, right. You know? You're right. Yeah, especially because she's back in prison, mm-hmm. which is sad. All right. Uh, moving on to Sean and Destiny. So Sean and Destiny meet up with Kelly, Sean's baby mama. Kelly tells us that she didn't think that, you know, their relationship was going to last. She tells us before that she wants to be nice, but she also says that she's Italian. So if someone gives her attitude, she's going to get feisty. Kelly walks to the table and absolutely no one is smiling. Sean says that they are there to set boundaries because he doesn't want to be disrespectful to Destiny. They almost immediately get in a fight because Kelly says that this is about his kids and she's not about to set or follow any kind of rules when it comes to the kids. Destiny can't understand why Kelly is even in the picture in the first place because the kids are old enough to reach out to Sean on their own if they really want to talk to him. Sean says that Kelly should be allowed to call if there is an emergency only. Kelly asks, why would Destiny want to date a man with so many kids if she was going to have a problem with co-parenting? And she says that she wishes that Sean would have just dated someone, quote, normal, which which sets off Destiny. Kelly says that she has a class as Destiny tries to help her prove her point by calling her a bitch. But then Kelly stoops to her level and calls Destiny a bitch and gets mad at Sean for putting his finger in her face. Destiny does a mic drop by saying, well, we're engaged. Kelly says that the kids are still not hers, and Sean meekly tries to step in after Destiny says that she'll beat up Kelly. Sean says that he needs to not to talk to Kelly every day, and Kelly says that the kids will not be around Destiny, and Sean will not be seeing his kids then. Sean doesn't really say anything about not being able to see his kids. Sean just tells us he thinks that Kelly is jealous. Destiny storms out and Sean follows her. Destiny and Sean are standing below the deck where Kelly is clearly spying on them. Destiny goes on and on about how she's going to beat Kelly's ass. And Kelly now has good reason to not allow Destiny to be anywhere near her kids because she feels threatened. And she thinks that Destiny just isn't stable. To wrap up, Destiny tells us that she is hoping they have a successful relationship, but she doesn't feel like Sean is prepared for what's to come as they tease Destiny and a pregnancy test. All right, so there was a lot of things. I think Sean has no backbone. Yes. Uh, yeah, he's absolutely ridiculous. Um, oh, also, we kind of found out, I think, oh, it was Reddit, Reddit, God bless Reddit uh-huh. for how much information they provide. Uh, Destiny also has children. So, so it's weird. one of those things where I don't see why. Well, actually, maybe I do see why she like wants to, you know, have Sean kind of uh, just go to the kids because Destiny just doesn't seem that there's any need to co-parent the kids at this point. Yes. So what is the minimum amount of contact you think that you need with your ex when your kids are older. There, okay, but there's six kids. I don't even know how old is the oldest one is. I think the oldest one is five. So that's definitely a different situation. But let's just assume that their kids are your kids' age, which is like preteens. Yes. Right? So they're a, they're a little bit older where they could have their own phone. So... Yeah, but the whole thing is, is there's so many co-parenting. That's... She, she obviously didn't get this. 
There's so many, mm-hmm. co- I, I, just talking to your kids is not co-parenting, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's so many things that go into co-parenting that you have to be on the same team for stuff because you still, even if you're not together, you still have to have united front. You still have to be sending them the same message as coming from both of your parents, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, regarding like, oh, turning in your homework or doing this or that, or what are we going to say about when you don't clean up your dishes and stuff like that. We want it to be, you know, it's different. I'm not saying you have to be the same at mom and dad's house, but there's certain things mm-hmm. we have to be like, oh no, we're going to agree to do this. And so honestly, the minimum amount of contact, you have to at, at least once a week be talked to each other. Okay. At least once a week. Sure. Right? Yeah. Um, so never is ridiculous. Like never is yes. absurd. That's in case of emergency. In case of emergency, like, okay, is, is there a weekly emergency? Is ridiculous. Like, what are you, you going <laughs> to yeah. talk about? Like, like it's because I mean, there's like little things. There's, I mean, there's still shared expenses. If he, he probably has to pay child support, right? Right. Those have to be. I would think out. even arranging carpools yeah. and like who's going to drive the kids to this random event. When are they coming to your house? Like who's going to. Yeah. Do they have a friend's birthday party? Oh, parent teacher conferences are next week. When are you free? So I can make the schedule. Like those things have to come up. Yeah. It's a birthday party this weekend. There's a Girl Scout meeting here, there. Like there's Mm. stuff. And even if they're like older, you don't, they don't make their own schedules and do their own things until they're like. Old enough to drive and take themselves. and And even when you're doing that, you still have to be like, oh, their teacher called me. Oh, they have a doctor's yes. appointment. This like they, they're not going to tell you that stuff, and you still have to know right. it. So the mm-hmm. her her only you should only talk directly to the kids and only in emergencies is absurd. And the fact right. that Sean the doesn't five year old doesn't know their schedule. Yeah, yeah, she wants a five year old to be like, well, you just call dad whenever. It's not. Yeah, is and the fact that she that he won't stand up for that, which is ridiculous. Is bad, but everybody sucked here, man. Like Kelly was not yeah. great, right? No, Ke- because she went in like ready to fight. She, she definitely, definitely went did. in ready to fight. Not like physical fight, but she frank, she not, wasn't gonna get of all the things that Sean is totally dense about. She's kind of jealous. Yeah, no, I'm not <laughs> saying she isn't. No, absolutely, she is. But you know, Sean is just like. Oh. Even if she wasn't jealous, Sean would probably just say she's jealous. The whole idea for Sean setting up this meeting was dumb. Like, totally dumb. Yes. Right? What did he think was going to happen? What did he think was going to happen? Like, he actually needs, and the part of the problem is because he has no backbone, he can't broker this between the two of them because whichever one oh, he God, talks he's to, the worst. whatever one he talks to, he's just yeah. like, yeah, it makes sense. You're right. Uh-huh. 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 You're right. You're right. You're right. And it goes back to the other one and, like, badly explains what the other person said. And they're like, well, that's bullshit because it is bullshit because he didn't explain it right. Oh and so like, and they're, they're so like, oh, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. So he just does that. Like even the stupid thing. And I mentioned it last week. I don't know if you noticed it. He sat in the booth and they were both like on chairs and numerous times yeah. they were about to fight and he couldn't get up because he put him, he locked himself in the one seat where you can't stand up. So you can see him three times. He went to stand up and couldn't because the table stopped him. <laughs> Oh As they could have gosh. just been going at each other. It was ridiculous. Yeah, Sean is not a smart guy. So did you watch the um, the first look at the new season? I watched part of it, but then I stopped it. But then the second, I don't know, for some reason I watched. I saw Michael in a furry outfit, but other than that, no. God, that was concerning. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so they were in it, and apparently Destiny just pieces out. 
Oh, yeah, I did see that. I did see that. Yes. Yes. Sean finds the pregnancy test that was kind of okay. teased I am in calling this episode. 100% producer plant on the pregnancy test. Oh, sure. They just said, yeah. here's a pregnancy test, Destiny. Put it on the put it on the counter and then and then we'll make we'll take film of you. Like that is I am calling bullshit on the pregnancy test. Well, at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if they were pregnant because well, idiot Sean He was not surprised at all. He was like well, we haven't been using protection. My it's God, like, what an oh idiot. my God, what is wrong with both of been you? Been through this six times. Put on a condom, man. What are you doing? Yeah. Plus, she's already made it very clear she is no interested in mothering anyone. Just, oh my God. Yeah. Just, it was like, because we sell, but how do you have six kids? And he's like, oh, oh really? protection. I'm like, I think she has like four. She has four or five because between the two of them, they have double-digit number of kids. It's like, oh my goodness! All right, <laughs> that we're gonna, and we'll see. I guess we'll see more of that next week. Yes, <laughs> which I'm kind of excited about some of these couples, and like I said, some of them are like this one is a much more dynamic situation. Yeah, it's yes, definitely. Yeah, it's much more. It's much better if I am not lukewarm about both of the people. I like. I want to. I want to really right. hate them, or I want to really like them. I don't want to just be like yeah. they're meh, which we get some of. A lot of. Well, I'm kind of over the whole Sarah Michael. It's just like, ugh. No, at this point, we that get one. get it. He's a piece of shit. Like, Yeah, let's that move one's on. getting into, yeah, like, okay, I've seen this before. Let's let's move on. Let's yeah. go. Territory. Yeah. All yeah, right. Definitely. That's everybody, right? Okay. Yes, it is. All right. So, sorry, power ranking. Power rankings. My number one, I think we're both in agreement on this, was Dylan. Yes. Yes, we all know. Yeah, that was... I would probably try legitimately date Dylan in real life. Let's be real. I can here. see that. Yeah, I can see yes. that. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. If, I I feel like Dylan at this point is probably going to do just fine in the dating world. He is going <laughs> to do, yeah, more than just fine. <laughs> I, I feel like of all of the people that have been released from prison, he has on his own done the best yes because i would say that it's not that other people haven't done well but they've had a lot of financial support or just emotional support mm-hmm. and i feel like dylan just didn't need that as much right yeah he didn't i mean it just but yeah based on you know because we, we know how being on these shows you know brings people out for people and yeah. like if if you know if 90 day fiance colt has women that are thirsty for him my goodness dylan oh god it's gonna be <laughs> Oh, well, Dylan already has a girlfriend, so. I'm saying if he wanted to, you know, date, he would have no problems with it, is what I'm saying. Anyway. Dylan wouldn't have any problems dating even without this show. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, that's very true. He's he's doing just fine. Yes. All right, who was your number two? My number two was uh, Maurice, actually. Okay, okay. For someone who seemed really, really dedicated to turning his life around, right? And, mm-hmm. s- and seem to really, yes. really care about like doing the right thing and doing right by other people, right? And the way he kind of is trying to make a relationship with Jessica's father. I just think he's he's he really won me over. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And so actually Maurice is my number three uh-huh. because of all of those same things. And the only person I had above him was Jessica. And it to me, it was kind of like I just... I really felt they genuinely loved each other. And the only reason why Jessica edges out more than Maurice was because Maurice was the one who wanted to break his parole just to be in Vegas. Mm -hmm. And so just generally, he's got more criminal activity (laughs) in his 
you know, past. But I mean, like, quite honestly, they were they were the palate cleanser this season. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, there wasn't any glaring, um, you know, uh, things wrong with either one of them, I would say. I mean, other than the whole prison thing. Right, but, right. You know? Well, I mean, okay, so, so Jessica was my number three. Right. Okay. And it's just, sure. there's a few things about her that just like, I don't know. I just liked Maurice better than I like Jessica. Like, I like, well, okay. I like no, that is absolutely true. Oh, sure. Maurice is definitely more personable. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you're like, oh, who do you want to hang out with totally. this weekend? hundred yeah. percent Maurice, yeah. you know, he seems like he would be a fun person to hang out totally. with for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. What about your number four? My then? number four was Christiana. Um, an, okay, mine as well. Okay. Just another person who, you know, and she wasn't as successful, but she seems like she's honestly trying right. and she's honestly tired yes. of doing what she's doing. Um, and, yes. and, and, you know, she clearly cares about her sister. She clearly cares about her mother. Um, so, mm-hmm. I mean, I just think she's sweet and just she just feels like somebody that's stuck in a tough loop that you get out of. Yes, absolutely. And I also feel like her relationship with John seemed very genuine Mm -hmm. and I think you see a lot of these relationships where I'm not gonna straight out accuse them of it not being genuine but you're suspicious because of you know their motivations for things Mm -hmm. you know so it's kind of like I feel like Christiana had no motivation and that she genuinely appreciated everything that John did for her you know and just seemed like their relationship was very authentic okay Sure, I agree. I totally. feel like that really read through. Yeah, totally. All right, my number five, and I kind of have a theme. Clearly, a way to win me over. My number five was actually mm-hmm. Shonda. Okay. Okay. Same thing. She like left. She tried to get better. Right. <laughs> she she went, and mm-hmm. we didn't see. We just kind of based. It's mostly based on what we saw from her. Um, yes. You know her 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 segment that she came back later. Right. She did ghost the dude. Right. But like. I mean, I, I kind of appreciated how she was like, oh, no, this isn't going to work. This is this is not the good thing. And they kind of went and tried to, you know, do a little bit better. And I guess she has a boyfriend. So we don't know what's we don't really know what's going on. So it's there's a lot of like neutrals in that. I feel like the only really bad thing she did was take his money when she got on the bus. Yeah, yeah. So Shonda's a little bit further down, but not too much further down for okay. me because of that. So my number, what are we on? Five. Five is John. So John, I feel like his he genuinely loves Christiana. I feel like it's a big thing. It's a big ask for someone to take in your extended family members. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, without much hesitation, I would say. Um, he just seems to be really like giving that way and generous. He really wants to help her. He really wants to be supportive. Um, the, the reason why John's a little bit further down on the list and not to say, you know, that far down comparatively is because it's kind of like he was also willing to, you know, do illegal things for her, uh-huh. you know, like run off into the sunset, hopefully not get caught. Just like, John, like, come on, let's get together. And then also the fact that he can't remember how many kids he has. It's kind of like, I don't know, John. Right. You've been smoking a little too much peyote. I don't, I don't know what's yeah. going so, on. So but. we'll get to, we'll get to the reason John is lower on my list when we get to John in my mm-hmm. list. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, sure. So my number six, that's what we're on now, six. My number six is Scott. Yes. I, okay. I feel like Scott is 
a good guy who's just trying to, you know, it, it, it seems like, well, he had, you know, his son and he clearly cared for his son. Right. And he's, he's mm-hmm. trying, he clearly cares for Miley Grace. He clearly, you know, got to one over her and Brenda. He's doing what he can. But part of that is like the reason he's lower than other people is like, but did he actually do it? Like he kind of is somebody who kind of talks a big game and made this house mm-hmm. and wanted to make this home for her, but didn't like do it until she was like all up in all up his butt about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. So my number six was Chevelle. Uh, I feel like Chevelle, if anything, she can't be faulted for much. She has been upfront about what she wants. She has she hasn't like overreacted to anything. Uh, she, you know, when Quaylen told her that he was going to Texas, it's like she voiced her concerns and her objections, but she never like flips out on him. She's very patient with him, mm-hmm. you know? And I was going to say that the only thing Chevelle like has really done is she's just made general questionable life decisions. Which, you know, if it works out for her in the end, like, you know, that's fine. But she is, you know, taking a lot of risk having her daughter involved in these relationships, you know. So that's the only thing that I'm kind of like, eh. But I feel like Chevelle's heart is in the right place. I don't really super appreciate that she's trying to push, like, a new daddy on Mm -hmm. Myla. Sure. You know, like, so soon. Uh, when you don't really know what the status of your relationship is. But I feel like she's doing the best she can. And, you know, like I said, I don't think she's done anything wrong other than possibly choosing Quaylen in the first place. Right. So um, my, Ch- Chevelle was seven for me for the next one down. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, very similar. I just her biggest, like, you know, drawback, the biggest thing she did wrong, is she just has unreasonable expectations about what's going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's she's also not great about like listening to advice. Right. And then she did that thing <laughs> yeah. where she bought him the truck and everybody's like, what are you doing? Oh, God, like, yeah. So there's a couple things. She, like, yeah. In terms of was she like angry or out of control? No, of course not. But I do mm-hmm. also share your reservations about like maybe let's not like get this kid calling him daddy as soon as she as soon as we can. Like that's yeah. let's pump the brakes on that a little bit. Right. Right. Okay, so my number seven mm-hmm. was Shonda. And I I think Shonda is incredibly likable. I feel like Shonda has the potential to be, like, the Britney of this show. You know, like, mm-hmm. if she had kind of the right person and the right support, her heart is in the right place. She wants better for herself. Um, the reason why Shonda's a little bit further down is, you know, like, at the end of the day, she played Tyrese. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it started off somewhat innocently where she's just like, well, you know, this guy's a good looking guy and, you know, maybe I can get something out of him at the same time. But at the end of the day, she knew once she saw him in that blue suit, like there was no chance. Right. And she just kind of, you know, was like, OK, well, I just got to grin and bear it for the rest of today, you know, to get at least one last thing. Yeah, sure. You know, and so to me, it's just kind of like she played him. Yeah. Yeah. So my number eight then. We go down to eight is is Tyrese, right? Because mm-hmm. there were a lot of things I didn't like about Tyrese, but at the end of the day, he didn't do anything that hurt other people, right? Yeah, that's always one of our standards. Like, I mean, he was a jerk about everybody telling him things that were objectively right. I, I think she might mm-hmm. be playing you, dude, and he like got angry at them. He's yes, super yes. full of himself, 
like super right. full of himself. It's a real big turnoff. And like, and so th- those two things combined really just, it, I just, I, you know, didn't really care for the guy, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So my number eight was Scott. Um, I don't like Scott. I just, okay. The thing, the reason why Scott was so far down on my list is because at the end of the day, even though he really seems to, you know, take care of these people, right? And actually genuinely care about these people. And by people, I mean, you know, Lindsay and her daughter, you know. It's like, I cannot get how gross he was about dating a 20-something-year-old and having a vibrant sex. Oh, that the beginning, like the, uh, oh, your 50-year-olds are jealous of me. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So, like, that stuff is just, like, you're now pegged as dirty old man. Like, you know, it's just, yeah. It's it's very easy to care about and shower someone with gifts if they're, like, nice to look at, maybe, Mm -hmm. for some people. So, it's kind of like... You know, it's it's a very transactional relationship, but he was just really gross about it at the beginning. And so... I can't shake that. Speaking of people who were gross at the beginning that can't shake it, my number nine is John. Because Mm -hmm. you may have forgotten that when Christiana got out of prison, he swept her into a pickup truck and tried to marry her and bang her immediately. Oh, yeah, that's true, huh? The the consummation. The consummation (laughs) thing with the pickup truck and the, the, like, as soon as you get out of prison, let me propose and, like, do this and, and... propose and get married immediately make you late to your halfway house like that was a really big day and if it was second half of the season john if it was john and let's be let's be frank too a lot of the time she got in trouble at the halfway house was because john was like taking her around to restaurants and stuff when they were supposed to be looking for jobs like he was helping her super fair break the rules and so yeah so like yeah so if it but i was saying if it was the john from the last couple episodes he would be way higher, but it was a long season. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. I was going to say, you're absolutely right. I completely forgot about the banging part. It's like, <laughs> I remember the wedding and I'm like, uh, but he really loves her. That's why he wants to get married so quickly. But I forgot. Yeah. He was just like, oh, well, my friend's going to drive the truck and we'll just bang it out in the back while we're on the road. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yes. You're very right, Mr. O. <laughs> that is weird. Okay, uh, so what are we on? Nine. Three, six. Okay, my number nine is uh, Tyrese. Okay. So Tyrese, okay, kind of going along with why Scott was my number eight. Like, Scott is like the dirty old man, but Tyrese is just like the dirty man. Like, just objectifying. Like, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what the other person has to bring to the table. Tyrese is very clear what he cares about, and that's a big ol' ass, Uh you know? And it's just kind of like, and what you were saying about him just being super defensive and, like, just in denial about things, having a super inflated sense of self, uh, him being really stubborn about his, like, blue suit and, you know, the crocodile shoes. Like, all that stuff is just, like, he's just not a likable guy. Yeah. No, I, I won't find any arguments here. All right. So I think we have the same group of people left, right? 
Well, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah probably. The same, hey, the same. F- it might be in the same order, the way that we think the about way that, things. I know. It's always, it's always amazing. I'm like, oh, I don't know. The middle is really weird. And we're always like within two yeah. on everybody. All right. So right, right. my number 10 was Quaylen. No, mine was two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we can talk Quaylen. I just, I mean, he promised too much and he yes. flaked out on her. And he yes. didn't handle her family well. And the thing, honestly, the thing that really, really got me about him was the time when they were discussing like the plane tickets and him going to Texas. And he was like, yep. that's just the way it is. You ain't going to do nothing about it. Yeah. End of conversation. End of conversation. Like, yeah. this isn't even a conversation. No, absolutely agree. Like, anytime they come into conflict, Quaylen's kind of like, my way or the highway. He doesn't even offer the highway. He's just like, my way. Yeah. You deal with it however you want to. My way. Right, right. Which I I just find it really interesting. Like, it definitely goes uh, back to kind of that psychological thing where it's like if you just exude confidence, a lot of times, like, you just kind of get your way because it's just like, wow, that guy has balls to just be like, I don't need you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You need me. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the same way. The easiest way to sneak into a place is to just walk confidently in like you belong there. Yeah. Like you belong there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what Quaylen would do. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, absolutely agree. Those are all the same points I had. All right. So my number 15. 11. God, it's not 15. 15, 11. I cannot count. I didn't number my list. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Number 11 I have is uh, Destiny. Okay. So Destiny, I just, I feel like she is not at the heart of it a good person. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a user. I don't think she really cares about Sean. Right. And you mean, and when you say, when you say user, you mean a user of other people. Yes. Yeah. User of other people. Yes. Not of drugs. Right. At least not that we see. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Definitely a user of other people. Um, yeah. Now that I'm thinking of it, maybe she should be a little bit further down. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let me switch that. She's she's a really terrible human being. All right. So at this point, now who's your number eleven? <laughs> Wait, well, okay. Down? So at this point, I would probably have my number eleven as Heather. Okay. I don't think Heather's intentions are to hurt other people. I don't think that Heather's intentions are to be incredibly selfish. But she certainly comes off as crazy and selfish. Mm -hmm. True. Yeah. So true. And unreasonable. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's crazy. That's she almost killed someone. Right. By accident. So that's where. Yeah. yeah, That's where we're going to get to Heather a little bit lower on my list. My number 11 is Lindsay. Right. Okay. Because she is still keeping secrets from Sean from from Mm -hmm. Scott. I'm not 100% sure how into Scott she is, but we're also not 100% sure how openly um, transactional this relationship is, you know? Right, right. Um, So there's a lot there. I feel like we don't know a lot about her. I feel like there's a lot that she's kind of hidden behind a mask that's going on there. Yes. Um, So I I just don't really trust her, but I trust the three people I have lower less. <laughs> yeah. So actually, my uh, number 12 is Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Lindsay, I just kind of feel like she does seem to kind of play up like I'm the bad girl, you know, like it's like an act. 
Uh-huh. I definitely feel like she plays to the camera a little bit. Yes, definitely. But at the same time, I kind of also feel like what you were saying. I question if she actually really, truly loves Scott. Uh, I think everybody, I think it's also telling that Tara Bell, you know, thinks that Lindsay only wants the money. Mm-hmm. Because it's kind of like I can see Lindsay selling this as, hey, I have this other person that I'm going to be dating and living with because we get money mm-hmm. kind of situation. Sure. So yeah. I kind of feel like it's all part of the master plan and Tara Bell kind of is aware of it. So I don't know. And it's like to use someone so they also can support your daughter, too. It's kind of like uh, oh, it just yeah. seems so dirty. Yeah, that's true. That's you true. Know? Right. And the You're going to use a kid to, yeah. like, I don't know, yeah. scam another person. <sighs> yeah. Right. All right. So 12, my 12 is Sean. Okay. Because he's super dumb. Um, yes. We talk about this all the time. He is super, yes. super dumb. And Yes. But also dumb and kind of selfish and like like he's like i just want to do what's right i'm just doing good it's like no you want to get everything you want you want to like you totally want to bang this girl that you think is hot mm-hmm. which is fine but like and it but it almost is like but i'm willing to sell my kids out for that like the way he like yes. puts his whole life and his kid and his co-parent just to be like no no no, i never i don't there's no reason we need to talk I'll just, I'll, I'll, okay i won't see my kids and it's like no no you've crossed a huge line uh, on top of how dumb you are. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to say Destiny is my number 13 because I I still want to put her above Sean. <laughs> I think that the difference between Destiny and Sean is that Destiny is much more articulate and aggressively vocal about, you know, her thoughts and feelings about things, right? Yeah. Sean's too dumb, but at the end of the day, he's just as terrible as Destiny is, right? Like, he's still, like you said, like, being super selfish. He didn't give a crap about his kids. Like, I feel like the only reason why he kind of does is because, one, it gives him an excuse to have Kelly, like, on the back burner. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, it definitely, I definitely got the impression that their conversations weren't just about their kids. Sure. You know, that he actually, like, has, you know, very, as deep as you can get with Sean. Like, a deep connection slash relationship with Kelly. And, you know, it's kind of like, I feel like Kelly's always going to be his backup. You know, and he wants to keep her as his backup. But he's super selfish. He's willing to, like, you know, give up his kids for, for what? You know? And let's... Also, not forget the fact that Sean is a super liar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He did. Yeah. He lied about his age. He lied about how many kids he, he had. Lied about yep. kids. He's lied to Kelly. You know, it's just like uh, he's lied to her to, to Destiny about his timeline of like when he actually was with Kelly. Like, let's be real here. He was messing around with Kelly up until he like oh, yeah. kind of locked it down with Destiny. Yeah. It's true. So he's just a garbage person. That's true. And dumb. Right. So So my 13 was Heather um, because I just can't get over. I understand that you have issues and I understand you get triggered, but like she's going to kill somebody. 
like with like yeah. driving like yeah. driving like that down the runway street, the car was already busted up. She clearly had busted that car before, right? Mm-hmm. And so like the road rage that goes into it and just like complete loss of control, like absolutely loss of control. Um is like and that's where that's why I say is that is that the point where you're going to hurt other people? Like that's the point where you're hurting other yeah. people. Like the her completely flipping out over minor things. And it's like, oh my God, if something major happens, what, what's going to happen? I can't even picture it. So I, that, that her, her idea where her emotions put everyone else's little lives in danger. That's the part that put her over the edge for me. Yeah, definitely. So then your last one is destiny. So my last one is destiny. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So destiny. Yes. Oh man. Destiny. I f- see like no redeeming qualities in her. Um, And so, so, and you, you say with Sean is dumb and I feel like, yes, Sean's dumb. And I, I kind of, he ranked higher because he's dumb because she knows he's dumb and she bullies him and she gets what she wants. (laughs) That's true. Right. Yeah. And she doesn't give a crap about anybody else. She doesn't think, she doesn't think about his kids. Like, and not that it's for her responsibility to. And of course, you know, me, the money, She's taking his money and she's spending it yeah. crazy. And that that in a normal person already puts him really low for me. That is a very sensitive <laughs> yeah. spot for me to just go out and spend money like it like nobody earned it. Um is yeah. already but to do that with somebody else's money at the same person you're bullying and keeping away from his kids and stuff like that. Oh, and oh by the way, gosh. at the same time, you announced your intention to always keep cheating on him. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. Like so, just yeah, she awful. Is such a garbage She's just person. awful. Yeah. So she was my she was my last one. I support that. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, actually, I'm trying to think about it. Is she probably the worst person we've ever had on the show? I mean, I didn't watch. Let's see. So we're getting one one group in the life after lockup that I didn't see because I missed I missed the I missed one of the seasons I think. And so I don't know. if I she's mean, the, the only worst. person that I can think is maybe worse is Michael. Uh huh. Yeah. I, I, but other than that, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, <laughs> Destiny and Michael might be in competition for the worst, <laughs> the biggest garbage people. Well, we get to see both of more of them next week, right? Oh, wonderful! They're, more garbage. They're then. both Great. in our. They're both in the life after lockup, which starts next week, and there's no gap, so we can just keep going this time. Okay, so yeah, we'll be back next week with life after lockup, and I think there's nine couples. There's a lot, so I, I, yeah. it's gonna be one of those ones where like half the couples are on every week. I'm sure. Oh yeah, I'm sure. There's too many. All right, <laughs> well, we'll see you all next week yep, then. Uh-huh. All okay, right, bye. Bye. bye.